Welcome to See Uncovered, a place where you'll find the stories of proven entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Ashley Henschel. So let me make a distinction between what I do and who I am. I think those are different. Um, I'm a clinical professor of marketing and entrepreneurship at New York University Stern School of Business. I teach in our undergraduate MBA and executive MBA programs 35 years. I've had my own marketing consulting company. I've done business in 30 plus countries, pharmaceutical industry, financial services, consumer packaged goods, insurance, you name it. I've probably done some work in it. Um, my professional kind of life as that's gone along. Who I am though, um, that is as I identify, I guess, um, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been self-employed since I was 23. So pretty much all of my adult life. I'm an introvert. I, I'm creative in a lot of ways. I have a genetic defect and that is I'm pretty much incapable of working for anyone else, which is what drove me to the self-employment entrepreneurship um, realm. So that's pretty much who I am. Throughout all your, your teaching at NYU, what are some of the most important principles of entrepreneurship you try to instill in your students? I, I, I think the singular difference between entrepreneurs and non-entrepreneurs is that entrepreneurs start businesses. Um, a lot of research and a lot of thinking and people trying to find characteristics of people that are going to in some way predict whether they'll be successful as entrepreneurs. But honestly, the only thing that separates anyone is starting a business and, 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 keeping it, and keeping them going. So how often do I meet with people and have conversations and they'll say to me, oh, I've always had an idea. I've always wanted to do this. Well, that's not an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur has an idea and it's like we have lots of ideas and we don't start them all, but an entrepreneur starts businesses. So that, that to me is the fundamental principle of entrepreneurship. It, it, it's about starting something. It's about creating something. In terms of entrepreneurship in personal life, how important is it to be proficient in the basics of financial literacy? <laughs> uh, financial literacy. Um, I, I tell all my students, regardless of, again, what, what undergraduate or MBA or anything else, um, there are two things that they need to learn when they're in business school. The first is finance. It's it's the language of business. If you can't make a financially sound and based argument in favor of your business, you're never raising money, right? Whether that's from friends and family or angels or VCs or the bank or anything, it it is the language of business and you have to be fluent in it. I don't argue that you need to major in it, but but you need to be able to speak the language. It it, it is necessary. Um, So it's just just a critical skill. Personally, yeah, same thing. I, I think that's just still so much about life. It, it's credit cards and loans and mortgages and investing money and retirements. Come on, I, I can go down the line, but it's, it's a pretty significant necessity. This kind of plays into that answer, but it's, what skills do you think is most important for a new entrepreneur to be successful? I, I, I think the first is flexibility. No one who has an idea and puts together a business plan um, What's that old reference to no battle plan ever um, survives facing the enemy or something like that? It's it, it just, you start a business, you have an idea and it's like, well, but I need to pivot. That's the phrase that gets used all the time. I need to change. Um, 
more data come to you, a competitor comes along that you didn't expect. It's flexibility to me is, is just such a key thing. Um, and if, if you look again, if, if you talk to any VC and you ask them about, you say, here's a choice, here's a choice. Here's a great idea and a B team, or here's an okay idea and an A team, it always goes here, right? Because people invest in people, right? They want to make it work. So that is part and parcel to me is, is the flexibility part of it. And, you know, I, I think connected to that, but, but it's a little different too. It's, um, you know, successful entrepreneurs, they listen and they learn. I'm not saying they don't have egos. There's a lot of things we, we can talk about there, but they, they, they listen to customers. They listen to suppliers. They listen to distributors. They listen to their employees. And when they've tried something and doesn't work, they learn from it and they do something else. So it, it, it ties into the flexibility part of it. So to me, those, those are the two things. Uh, I could come up with lots of other things, but, but flexibility and the ability to listen and learn, I, I, I think just are two critical skills that, that entrepreneurs have to have. New or not, I, I don't think that's anything to do with it. We live in a world where everyone sees everything. How important is it to know the consequences for your actions in terms of areas of business? <laughs> I, I will tell you that I, I think that there's one unforgivable sin in, in, in being a manager and executive, and that's not thinking. So the idea that you can plan and think and step back and give thought to the results of your actions, you're going to be wrong many times. And that's back to the flexibility part of it. But, but not thinking it through, that's inexcusable to me. Right now, I'm actually pretty forgiving of here's what we, we thought about it. Here's what we thought would happen. Uh, it's something else. Okay, fine. Right? You, you, you've got a way to do it. But, but that a- aspect of it, of understanding or at least having reason to believe that something is going to happen to you is, is I think, again, really important. It also, you know, I, I look at business, but, but, you know, again, my field, marketing in particular, it's just a test and measure process. You know, when you stop and think about it, it's you try something, it works, you do more of it. It doesn't work, you do something else, right? Again, back to the learning part of it. So, yeah, I, I think being able to tie the things that you do to some logical causal relationship, it's, it's thinking to me. What are your thoughts on marketing and how it's evolved in the last five to 15 years? <laughs> it's gotten harder in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, but Marketing to me is a process. I, I, you know, I look at and, and I teach marketing as an orientation, not as a function. So I, I never approach class as in I'm going to teach or educate people to become marketers. It doesn't matter. The world doesn't need more marketers. The world needs more finance people who have a customer orientation, that they need more managers and marketers and manufacturers who can look at and ask the right questions of customers. It's an orientation to me, marketing. And it is about getting and keeping a customer. That's it. It's all marketing is. It's how do I get a customer and how do I keep them? Right. So, so if you look at if you look at it that way, nothing's changed. And nothing's changed. It, it, it's still the same thing. The tools have changed though. So you have the proliferation of social media and you have platforms and you have some maybe some new business models that you, you just have issues of competitive, again, the things have changed kind of around it. Yeah. Still the same set of questions though. I, I have not seen a lot of difference there. I, I do think part of what is different or really has just come to the fore though recently is the availability of data. 
just sort of today making decisions in the absence of data is a really hard argument to make. I, I think you need to be looking at data all the time and you need those analytical skills. How it's going to evolve, I don't know. Um, I think that maybe we're going to need to get back into the analog world a little bit more. It might just be my state of mind. I'm desperate to sit in a bar and have a drink, right? In, in, in an analog kind of world, go to a restaurant. Um, but yeah, I, I, I love the data. Um, I think in some cases it's removed us from customers a little bit. If you could give a piece of advice to a high school entrepreneur, what would that be? I'm going to steal from Nike. Just do it. Again, back, back to my comment that entrepreneurs are about starting businesses. Just do it. I made my first money independently when I was 13. It was, you know, a shop class we were printing. And what the hell am I going to print in shop class, right? So, so I printed up business cards and flyers. I, I got 13 clients. I cut their lawns in the summer, right? When I lived in, in Rochester, New York. So that, I don't know, I probably made 500 bucks. It's quite a bit back then, actually. Bought my first stock with it, actually. Clorox at $3, if anyone cares back then. Yeah, just do it. I don't care. Start a blog. Start a... Whatever it is you want to start, I think that so many young people, young entrepreneurs, and, and that's a whole long you know, continuum, but I think everyone often gets hung up in this idea that you need a big idea. I need to be the next Facebook. I need to, Elon Musk, I need to, nah, you know, I cut lawns. You know, j- j- just, just start something, right? So, so just go out and do it, right? Whatever it is, talk about something you're interested in, talk about something that you have a hobby in. Just start getting an audience in a community. Eh, it's not going to make you rich. But the 10th time down the road, you'll figure it out. Right? And, and, and something will. So, Kind of flipping the question, if you could give advice to a high school or college version of yourself, what would that have been? Oh, my. I think I said in my intro, I, I'm an introvert. Seriously, I'm, I'm an introvert. You know, the, the whole classic, I'd, I'd much rather sit over my chair over there and read a book. I could have been significantly more profitable. I don't want to say successful because I've, I've been successful, but I would sit on an airplane and, and never talk to the person next to me. You know, I would, oh God, do I really have to call this customer? Do I really have to go find customers? Do I really need to do this stuff? Because it was painful for me. So I've learned how to do those things, right? And, and I'm actually pretty good at them now. But when I was 16, 18, 20, 25, 30, 35, you know, that was hard stuff. Um, and you learn to do it. And I would have I, I would tell myself to do it more. I don't know, honestly, that it would have gotten me any different place in, in any bigger kind of a way. Um, but you need to be out there. You need to be talking to people. So for me personally, that was, that was a hurdle I had to overcome. What traits and qualities does a successful CEO have? Well, let's see. We can look at all the bad ones and, and see what, what they don't do. We can look at a few of the good ones, the ones that really are stand out, if you will. I'm going to make the distinction between having a strong ego versus having a big ego. Successful CEOs, managers have strong egos. They are confident, they think things through, they are decisive, they have all those things, again, that we, that we, that we look at within the But a strong ego person isn't threatened. When they are faced with data that contradicts what they believed to be true and in many cases wanted to do, damn, okay, fine. You know, they changed their mind and off they go. They're not threatened by it, right? The strong ego. Big ego people have to be right. You know, they can't admit they're wrong. They can't listen to anyone. It's back to kind of the listen component of it. So yeah, have a strong ego. You have to have a strong ego. You have to have 
the courage of your convictions, the, the confidence that this is going to work, but you can be stupid about it. It's let's, you know, let's make this thing go forward. And again, some of the strong ego is not threatened. You know, when, when there's the data or someone, you know, tells them there's a better way to do this. Okay, cool. Yeah, let's, let's do it the better way. Um, and, and I think also that's, you know, I think again, a really successful executives that, that, that I've known over the years, it's, they surround themselves with talent. If this is sort of the, I don't know, the context, again, of your question of, of a, being an entrepreneur and start a venture, and that by definition means you're going to be the CEO and you're going to be managing people and, and doing all those things. It's, it's you, you have to be in some ways conversant in all these things, finance and marketing and manufacturing and HR and all those sort of things, but probably not an expert in any of them. Right. And you need to hire experts. You need to bring in people that are talented and surround yourself with the best. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for listening to See Uncovered. You can check out more at www.createeveryopportunity.org. Thanks again.